Welcome to a brand new episode of Talking Rivals, a show where we talk about everything related to the best bleeping rivalry in all of baseball and sports. Uh, we are on episode 41, and we finally got baseball to talk about. I'm your co-host, Patrick, covering all things Red Sox. This is Chris, my co-host, covering everything Yankees. So I bet you're in a, you're in a bit of a better mood than I am. Yeah, I would have been in a really good mood if last night's game finished a little differently, but I'm in a pretty good mood. I, you know, yeah, I would have had the black veil over the cap, (laughs) over the brim of my cap if we were down, if we were three games out, three games into the season. Then you turn. We'll get into the series, but because there is a lot of news to break. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll start with Judge, and then we'll we'll talk about Devers, the contract extensions that haven't materialized. I guess we'll start with the good news. Judge and the Yankees were closer than the Red Sox endeavors. Yeah. But there's more urgency. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. <laughs> so Judge, let's say, let's start with what the Yankees offered Judge. Okay. They offered him, what, 17 for this year, what he's playing at. Yeah. And then 30.5 for the next for the eight next, years, a year. I think so, yeah. What's next seven? Was it for eight the next also? seven after this? So okay. it would have been an eight-year deal, including this year. Worth uh, what was the seven two ten? About two thirty. Yeah, about two thirty. So eight for two thirty, say. And he wants uh, like thirty-five a year for nine years. Yeah. Okay. Um, I saw on the television on the the game on Sunday night. Jeff Passan said. He brought up a good point. It might be like Robinson Cano. It could be. Absolutely. I mean, I, do you think there's multiple ways to go on this? Yeah. Do you think do you think a team out there offers him nine years? Uh, listen, somebody offered Cano 10 years, right? When the Yankees gave him a nice, nice contract to seven years. Um, they actually gave him more per year for right. the seven years. But Seattle, but he was you know, stuck on, he wanted 10 years and that's what he got with from Seattle. So would a team, I think we we've talked about this team a lot and judge with the possible trade is San Fran. Cause think about it. San Fran just lost Posey, right? He just retired. You got Brendan Belt. Who's at the end. I think he only just lost um, Chris Bryant. And you got Crawford for what they signed him for two years. two years. So they got the money. They don't have any long-term deals. You know, they got, a decent nucleus there, but they don't really have that big bat. I mean, nobody's got judge. I mean, how many guys teams have judge in their lineup, but you add judge to that lineup and all of a sudden they got a pretty good lineup. So I could see San Fran easily giving them the money. Will they? I don't know, but um, listen, I looked at it from both sides. I looked at it from the Yankee side and I think it's a great, I think they offered him very respectable money, very good money. You know, it's nothing to sneeze at what they offered him. So I have no problem from the Yankee side. But I also have no problem with Judge. You know, like if he wants, if he thinks he's worth more than that, you know, much more than that, then he did the right thing looking at it from his angle, right? My issue from the Yankees angle would be it's a, it's more than a respectable offer. Yeah. Why did they box themselves in to waiting until right after? I know the lockout had a big yeah. chunk of time but why didn't they do it before at the end of the season before the lockout 
Right. Or even last offseason. But I'm thinking, well, yeah. Here's the other thing. Why I, I think they waited was I think they wanted to wait until after the contract, after the CBA was settled, because they didn't know what the you know the okay, salary. That's, that's a fair point. Yeah. I, I think that I mean, still it's not I I think it's I think that's the reason why. Do I think that's a legit excuse? Maybe because this is your most important player on your team. I mean, he's the guy that you were probably going to give the, the captaincy to. And, you know, he's the only guy in recent memory that they've ever done anything like the judges chambers out in right field. I don't know if they've ever done anything like that for any player on the, the Yankees. closest I can see to off the field with a newcomer, maybe Matsui with the advertising deals when he came over. Yeah. But that's a while ago. Right. And that was more international, right? Yeah. I mean, that's more because of Japan and, but nothing like what would judge nothing. So no. from, from that end, yeah, he's worth a lot of money to the Yankees, obviously with merchandising and all that stuff. Um, but the offer was pretty legit. I, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sitting here thinking all oh, the Yankees were cheap in what, what they offered. I think that was a pretty good offer. But yeah, you can't give a blank check. You can't. Yeah, exactly. There's got to be I mean, some kind of, you know. There's got to be a bottom line. It's a business. Yeah, exactly. So I, I have no problem with them not going much higher than that. Um, the problem I, you just brought up, that was my that was my one problem with the Yankees. They waited. Why wait till you know, right before, you know, the season started? Like, all right, let's start working on this. And that's a big contract that they got to figure out. So, yeah. You need more time, and then you know. Obviously, he said, "Listen, I don't want to hear about it once the season starts." And Which I, agree. I that's that makes sense. But we do but know now. The main question it's is: gonna loom. it's going to loom. <laughs> okay, this yeah. is a two-parter. If the Yankees are where they should be before the trade deadline, if mm -hmm. they're competing for first place in the playoffs race, obviously, um, do they move, Judge? It's easy to say if somehow blank hits the fan, right? And you guys are having a bad year, a lot of injuries. Obviously, you can yeah. Trade them. I would get I stuff would, back. Yeah. But if you guys are in it like you should be, would you trade Judge now, or would you just let him walk and take the first round pick? Listen, me for no, there's no more. There's no more draft. Oh, that's right. That's the worst. So thing. You're getting you get nothing. Nothing. You get nothing. You get a pat on the back. Here's your stuff. You're gone. Um, my personal feeling, I would, because I feel that, listen, if this is what the Yankees' best offer is going to be, and if he wants more, he's not going to accept whatever we offer him at the end of the And, and I think yeah, most Yankee fans should be mature enough and intelligent enough to realize that the writing's on the wall. Let's right. get what we can for him. Right. Because now, PR-wise, is that a good move? It's going to take, obviously, it's going to take a hit. You know, like I think we've talked about it. With Mookie Betts, Boston still takes a hit. Yeah. I mean, 99 is everywhere in, in that stadium, right? Every yes. shirt, uniform, jersey that comes in, it's 99. So it's. And not only that, going back real quick to the Mookie Betts, every time Alec Verdugo is up in the national broadcast, he's mentioned as the main trade ship back for Mookie Betts. So yep. whoever you get for a judge is it's going to forever be. be linked to him. Right. And he's always going to be kind of compared to that. Not, and Verdugo is, you know, a different player than Betts. So I get it. Um, I even looked, I even thought about Betts for a second in a trade offer, but 
his contract. Is- I was thinking Seattle poached the two young outfielders, Kalanick and Julio Rodriguez. Oh, they would never in a million years. Maybe okay, one. I of wasn't them. even done. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say maybe one of them. One yeah, of them. One of them and a pitcher. That's a possibility. I would think that's a possibility because Julio, Julio is a pitcher like, for Judge. Yeah, I think Julio Rodriguez is going to be, you know, a star in this league. I was just so, trying to think of outfielders and. Yeah, I agree. Because you got to take on some money coming back, so maybe a team like. I mean, you hate to do it in division, so. Yeah, you can't. They would no. never. If they're so going to trade just them, the National I, League, a team that can absorb that contract. Yeah. So you're talking like L.A. That's why I thought of L.A. Bets for Judge, right? But San I looked Diego at is always coming up. Yeah. Um, I looked at what about an outside the box? Spanish him to Colorado, take back Chris Bryant's contract and a prospect. See, you're talking to me. I would do it, but probably 99% of Yankee fans probably would not want. You tell me if you, yeah, if you got Chris Bryant back and uh, they're one of their top pitching, one of their top, whoever they have that's a pitcher that's not quite right. I'm in. I, I, I would do that. Because especially Brian, I love Brian because you could you can move him around too. And that defers you know? some of the salary that Cle- that Colorado takes on, but yeah, I mean, there's a there's multiple scenarios. Mm. But the thing is, too, no team is going to trade for him without without a negotiating window, right? So you got to that. That's the other thing you got to look at: who's going to be willing to give him that money? Because we're not going to give you this, this, and this for two months of. Uh, Aaron Judge or three For months. Two months of Aaron Judge. And then you get the possibility of giving him 300 million. Right. So I think, <laughs> the, yeah, I think it's got to be a team that's willing to give him this huge amount of cash, would say, yeah, we have no problem giving you that much. Here's these guys, you know, whoever that might be. I mean, I think it's uh, a West Coast team. It's got to be. Yeah. And that I sent you the thing yesterday, yeah. you know, if Major League Baseball really Your wants trade to- proposal, the three way trade, that would. <laughs> That would turn baseball upside down. Literally, yeah. it would just. They would say, "Oh, NFL, you think like you're... NFL hold our beer? Yeah, because... right. Oh, we got two beers to hold, actually. There you go. So, um, I would do that in a heartbeat. I would love. I love Harper, Harper, Trout, and Judge, and just yeah. musical chairs. And first, I thought Trout for for Judge. You know, I thought of that first, but then I'm like, I don't think the the angels would do that but then i said all right well let's get a tra-, and then trout probably would say no too maybe he wouldn't maybe he would come to new york because he's an east coast guy right he's from yeah, jersey. he's from south jersey yeah he's a but he's a phillies fan so that's why then i thought okay let's bring phillies into it who who do we want from the phillies nobody but bryce hopper basically right so that's why i thought that'd be a nice three-way deal Major League Baseball would be in the news humongously for that deal. Yes. Yes. But, that would be a shape shifting, seismic, whatever and, you want to call it. And I think all those teams, if that was being talked about in any way, they would get a phone call from Major League Baseball and say, We would love to have Trout on the on the East Coast. Yes. Without a doubt. They would love to have Trout playing on the East Coast, whether it's New York. Philly, they don't care. <laughs> Atlanta, you know, they'll take him in Miami, to be honest. Yep. But they just want him on the East Coast, so at least most people are watching him now. 
and then to have him in the postseason, that would be even better. But um, yeah, I, it's going to be a big decision. I, I think you're right. It's it's big. It's going to be. It's not going to be a cloud looming over, but it's going to be. It's going to be something. In the dog day, not even the dog days of summer, because before the trade deadline, it's going to be every game that's a blowout that some no name guy is coming into the game, mm-hmm. and you got to fill an inning of conversation. Yep. It's going to be where's Judge go? Absolutely, and he's going to be he's going to be exed at every every day, not every game, but I think every few games you're going to hear it. You know, like oh, you know, like are you talking? And they're like, nope, we're not talking. And then. Yeah, it's going to be. And like you said, anytime during the game, it's going to come up, you know, the the K, you know, the K a rod show last night. It came up, you know, they explained the whole thing. A rod gave you a whole spiel about it. So I, I could I could see it, man. It, it's I think it's going to loom the whole season without yeah. a doubt. The, my my biggest thing too, just watching it last night. Is it going to affect him on on the field? That's. It's because it's big. I listen. If I had that on my, I, we're all human. So yeah, if I had, I, I take the money and play. I yeah. would just take the money. I understand betting on yourself, but there are things you can't control. Because that just throws at you, and you get hit. That's yeah. out of your control. Right. It's a huge. It's a huge gamble. It's a. Yeah. But if he but wins if he the has, MVP and they win a title, right? If he has his normal, if he has an average Aaron Judge, if he year, puts up thirty-five home runs and plays Gold Glove defense and wins a title. Yeah, that I mean, even without a title, market. <laughs> right? I think if if they win the World Series, yes. that puts more pressure on the Yankees to get it done yep. because it'll get done. <laughs> Somebody will be like, "Okay, we got this guy." Yeah, I think it'll just put more pressure on the Yankees if they go. If they have another year, make the playoffs, they get knocked out, whatever. And he and he has a good year, his normal, you know, top five MVP season. If that happens, I don't. There's going to be a little less pressure on the Yankees to get it done. But if anything bad, negative happens to him in any way, then the pressure goes on to him, obviously. And we'll see. I, like you said, that's a lot of money to say no to because we've seen it where a guy says no, and then when it comes. To the following year, either he gets hurt or something happens during the season, and he don't get that money again. So cool. it'll be interesting. It's definitely uh, something we'll be talking about all year, I think. <laughs> and look, we're equal opportunity on this show, so we will spread <laughs> bad news around, give some to Boston. Uh, the breaking news, an added piece of the news on last night's uh, K-Rod, according to Jeff Passan, said, the Red Sox endeavors were not at all close, and they were nine digits away on the contract extension. So a lot of money. We were just talking about it. I think, I think they offered him what Jose Ramirez just got, and I think he came back and said, "Double the years, double the money." Makes sense. I think he wants ten for three hundred. He's twenty-five. His defense is getting a little better. They say his first step quickness is better. He makes unbelievable plays. It's just the routine stuff that he kind of overthinks. That happened during the season series. I seen a couple of nice plays. I was like, Whoa. he made a couple of plays where the ball was behind him. The yeah. ball was past him. And I think sta- just, off, off, off a stand. Yeah. I was like, how did he catch that? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, if he again, if he plays, if he plays the way he's capable of playing, they're talking. His side is talking 10 for 300 at least. 
I agree. And the Red Sox, I, are you paying him as an elite third baseman? Yes, but is he going to finish that contract out as a third baseman? Right. Because if you go to first, then all of a sudden – his numbers play there too, though. His numbers right. play at first. Not going to give you gold glove first baseman, no. probably. You know, but you never know. I, I'm not. I don't want to settle. You know, I don't want right. to. But tell if short, the either. big thing is if he goes to DH. Right. Do you want to pay a guy that much for just DH? And look, DH has worked out in Boston plenty mm-hmm. well, but 300 million is a. That's. I think ideally they would they would play this out and get Bogarts done first. Um, now, did did they say they're going to talk during the season, or it's same thing like Judge, where we're not talking? Same about? thing. Both of them, they're done. Now, okay, so <laughs> you asked me the question. Now I'm going to ask you. The Bogart's going to opt out of three years, sixty million, which he will. Yeah, he's definitely opting out. So Devers, obviously, you got more, you got one more year of control, right? I think Devers has one more year. Okay, so he's not as early. Devers, you can. You could put that off till next offseason. Yeah. This offseason, I would offer Bogarts. I mean, if he's going to opt down to three for 60, and Correa just got three for 103. And he's what, 29? Yes. They're both comparable ages. They both won a title. Hmm. He's Bogarts doesn't have to acclimate to a new system or a new stadium or new what did, fans. Uh, what did Seeger get? Oh man, right? we're going we're going all the way. I'm just saying, right? For two seventy five. But I think Trey Turner's a free agent. Oh, I can't imagine what he's going to get because he's a little younger. Correa could opt out. And him. So you'd have to put Bogarts third on that list of those three. So let's put the Red Sox GM uh, cap on here. If you're thinking, okay, I'm going to sign Devers next offseason. We'll give I him. offer. I try to have my cake and eat it too. I offer Bogarts a little more than what Correa got from Minnesota. Short term, higher annual average. Even up it, three years, one hundred and twenty. Opt out after the first year. One hundred and twenty million, fully guaranteed everything, forty a year. You're the highest paid annual average shortstop in baseball. Mm. And then. Avaldi, J.D. Martinez come off the books. You got sales, story, Bogarts, and then you try and work Devers. You try and massage that to maybe nine years, eight years, something a little more manageable, and you you give them top dollar. Do you think if – like we don't know what Bogarts is asking for, so we could – I have no idea what he's I'm going to guess he's going to want at least what Corey Seager signed for, Right. Because he's basically the same player. I would is Bogarts a little better? I think Bogarts is better, but he's gonna be 30. How old was Seeger? I think Seeger was 27. Was he? Oh, okay. Maybe 28. We're we're only talking a year or yeah, two. Yeah, no, but that, those, years, are, but those still, are prime years, though. Those are big. I I think he'll want at least eight. I'm not gonna break what I've said before. I've always said hard line, no more than seven-year deals. I don't see how you make make exceptions. I was against Manny signing an eight-year deal. I I just don't – I don't like the age of these contracts. No, the I, I don't either. You're don't right. age well. 
And that's what the Yankees are probably saying. I think they went a little more than what they wanted. Right. I think my best and final for Bogarts, if he wanted this final crack at it and there's no opt-outs and it's just you're retiring a Red Sox, give you the captaincy, I would give him seven years. So from 30 to 37. Seven for 210. Seven for yeah, I was just gonna say six or seven for 200, 210, 30 yeah. a year. So, is there so a he chance? went from 20 a year to 30 a year, and he went from three years to seven? Right. <laughs> so, is there a chance? See, like it's different. Well, not really different, but with at the, the most, only two of these three players that we were talking about, I think, are going to be on the same team that they are now, right? I think so, right. I think the over under there's probably one, one and a half, right. Yeah. I think so. And like um, like I said on the Twitter space event that we had for opening day, it's I think Devers is more valuable outside of the organization because of right. his age. And Bogarts is more valuable inside the organization because he's already shown that he can win a title in Boston. Not that Devers isn't a winner. I'm just saying Devers to other teams is more attractive. Like if you put Devers and Bogarts out in a trade right now, Devers would get much more back. Definitely, because so, he's younger. He's five years younger. He's a left-handed hitter. Right. You can move him to Some first. You play third. I mean, um, and then the big thing is pitching. If you if you have Story, Bogarts, and Devers signed to long-term deals, who you who's pitching? Right. That's that's. I the mean, question you you can't have. You can't have an all-star team in every position. Well, here's my question. Like, we know that, all right, we just said only one of these guys out of the three that we're talking about, two for you, one for me, is going to be I'm taking Bogarts and I'm trading Devers for a haul. Because a lot of the third basemen are signed. The shortstops, there's a couple more coming up, like Correa, like Turner. So the market's a little diluted. think about it. You got a shortstop on your roster already. So Bogarts can be replaced, number one. Number two, you have a pretty good prospect coming up as a shortstop within the next two years, right, you would say? Story's elbow is shot, though. Right. But as far as we know, it's not. Well, that's the thing. When Bogart sits on his days off, they're not moving Story to short. Oh, they're not? No. Oh, okay. Cora already said they're going to play Arauz or Christian Arroyo at short. So that's a big red flag. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And Meyer Meyer has like 90 professional at-bats. So let's... He's probably two years away. I would think at least. I was going to say, let's pump the brakes on. He looks good, but... What is he, 20? 19. 19. If he's as good as he says, as he... He's a year or two behind where Volpe is now. Yeah, so I'll say two years because Volpe should two be two and a half. Much. Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, um, it's gonna be interesting because then, well, this stuff's gonna loom because right. then JD Martinez is a free agent. What do you do with him? Nathan Eovaldi is a free agent. What do you do with him? Chris Sale, it's a big contract you can't move. JD is a big I, contract. I don't see JD coming back. No, he's just. Yeah, I don't. I don't see him coming back. So I mean, that would free up DH at least. I wish they had these problems in the pitching staff, but 
yeah, too pitch, many. Yeah, I'd rather have too many pitching. <laughs> I agree. It's no, gonna, it's, it's going to loom just like with you guys with Judge. It's I think loom it is over the whole season and yeah. even into next year because we're going to hear about it and he's going to hear about it. And how good are they going to be able to just say, okay, how can they compartmentalize this? How can they I just keep they it can. off the field? Especially if they start to struggle. If any of them struggle, that's going to be the first part, the first question they ask. Why are you struggling? Is it you're thinking too much about the contract? Yeah. No. Do you think you're really worth it now? Right. Exactly. So that type of stuff. So, but like you said, if if it goes the other way, maybe maybe they'll they'll start playing better, and then what if they take off? Then what happens in in August? Because if they if either team is pooping the bed in July, then yeah, it's an easy for the Yankees. It's easy. You trade them. But the if July one. The Red Sox are dealing with bullpen issues or starting issues or sales not coming back as expected. Right. And they're in fourth place. I think Bogarts would get traded. I don't know if I don't know if both. Endeavors you got him for one more year. Bogarts is put Bogarts has more. He's invested more. He's been up there for longer. Yeah. I'm, you're right. I'm emotionally tied to Bogarts. Right. But my GM cap would be <laughs> right that's it that's yeah, what you got to think I, about not as a fan <laughs> yeah as a devers GM? is more valuable right devers is more valuable so he'll bring back more but i have a better chance of keeping him rather than bogarts and i think keeping devers is the better quote-unquote investment right than keeping bogarts i'm not saying bogarts is not a good player but you got a guy who's probably going to move bogarts over could shift to third too to, to third right and you can have Story, Meyer, Bogarts, and Cassis at first. Right. And then trade Dahlbeck that. Dahlbeck at right. DH. It's look, a lot of moving parts. <laughs> if there are any Pittsburgh fans or Baltimore fans out there look, listening to this, they're like, these guys are really complaining about having Right. They're probably listeners. throwing up in their mouth right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys, but <laughs> – that's the problems, New York. And it's a good problem to have, stuff. but it's still a problem. It is. It's I. It's definitely it's, a first world problem, but it's a problem. Right, and there's it no still easy hurts way. When you leave. It, there's going to be no easy way to solve it because the only way to solve it is either trading one or two, or signing both. So, and the team is the team going to say, okay, yeah, we'll sign Bogarts to whatever he wants, and then Devers, yeah, we'll sign him to whatever he wants, and then you're like, okay, now we got that, but. Now we're pitching. Got, right. Our rotation is Rich Hill, you know, Michael Walker. Bobby Dolbeck. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That You know what? Ed, Bobby Dolbeck. Right? They love him. Where are you going to yeah. put him if he's not playing first? He's going to be the DH. Right. And then you got Cassis coming up. You know, it's yeah. like you could keep all of them, but where you could, you know, like there's, there's so many spots for these guys. Exactly. So and, it's going to be interesting, um, you know, like the next year or two for Boston and the Yankees. Yeah, I have a feeling we're going to be updating this. It's going to be a fluid situation, as they say. And I think both teams are going to look different next offseason. Yeah, I was going to say both teams are going to – I would say at least one team out of us is going to look a little different come trade deadline. Yeah. And I'm not talking about like a little tinkering with the bullpen. Because we both need something. Like you, no. you definitely need a starter without a we doubt. You need a reliable starting pitcher in the middle yeah. of that rotation. And then yeah, they, we got to figure out with our stars who's going to. And if, look, if JD Martinez quietly says, look, we both know I'm not coming back, 
maybe they trade him for something. Right. We'll see. Um, but to actually <laughs> to get back to good news, I can't believe I'm saying this. We'll talk about the season opener for the Yankees and Red Sox. It was yeah, a good game. Yeah, it was all good games. Yeah, it was um, that this was the Cole getting on Billy Crystal start. <laughs> and I thought right away, what do we do? We scored with Devers in the first. Um, we scored three runs in the first. The Red Sox did. Yep. Devers, Bogarts was rounding the bases. Martinez was hitting without an out. And then I think all three games, the Red Sox had leads. In the, at the start, the first, yeah. yeah, in the first, first. inning, um, Michael King gets the win, and mm-hmm. Cutter Crawford gets the loss. What struck What struck you as a uh, besides just coming back? Was it Rizzo? Was it Donaldson? Kind of showing himself to be a Yankee, kind of earning yeah, the, the game winning hit. Sure, you know Rizzo. Rizzo seems like he's a perfect. A perfect New York, I don't want to say perfect Yankee, perfect New York player. You know, he's played yeah. in Chicago all those years, won the World Series with them. So he's not going to be phased by any of the, you know, the big light, you know, the bright lights of uh, New York. No. Um, it was great because before the first pitch, look at the, look at what we had. We had the judge talk, the judge talk, your your guys' contracts talk. And then you had Cole flipping out on Billy Crystal. Before the first pitch, it was like, and then this is great. Opening day. <laughs> Right, who can't, right, and it's opening day, so we had all that. But yeah, it was, and it was a great game. Then it started. And your off bullpen with, was, other yeah. than Clay Holmes, was phenomenal. Yeah, no, that that was that was the, the the great bright spot. Obviously, everybody is like jumping off a cliff with Cole already because you know he started off, you know, the way he did. He gave up the couple of runs in the first, but you got to remember, you could see, like we just said. I mean, he was so jacked up before the game. He's screaming at Billy Crystal because they're taking too long. So and then even David Cohn was talking about. Yeah, I was going to say that he, he couldn't yeah. find a rhythm. He couldn't. He was too fast yeah. and too slow. Yeah, he was just too wired. And but then after that inning, you could see he, he calmed down. I wish he would have went one more inning, you know. But um, Michael King pitched great. You know, like you said, the bullpen was and that. But that's our strength. But um, the big thing is, you know, we've seen in every game in the series, you know, the bullpens for the Yankees. You know, like they were coming in in the fourth, fifth inning. Obviously, that's not sustainable. The start has got to be stretched out, you know. So I'm thinking yeah, by the end of the month. 68 pitches, so you think next time he throws 80, and then after that he's good to go. Yeah, so definitely by the end of the month, we should be back to normal, hopefully. Should be within a couple of starts, I would think. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Evaldi through 76. Um, I can't believe I'm saying this, but uh, the Red Sox bullpen, if you take away the names, they actually p- performed pretty well. Yeah. Um, it was funny. It was actually Garrett Whitlock that blew it uh, that, with the home run given up to LeMahieu. That was like, it. And Torres had a good at bat. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking at some of these names for the Red Sox Strom, Robles, Diekman, Brazier, and Crawford. That's not exactly the law firm of. <laughs> High leverage outs, no, <laughs> sustainably through the whole year, and the Definitely Yankees. The, what's in my question is, what are the Yankees doing that are taking these talented players and turning them into unbelievably reliable bullpen pieces? 
I don't know. And it's been like this for a long time, too. I mean, going back to the late 90s. I mean, we've always had. But Chapman makes sense. He was always. Yeah. But Chad Green, Clay Holmes, Miguel Castro, even, Luizaga, Peralta, King, uh, the new guy, um, the guy from New Jersey, Sal. Oh, Maraccio, uh, Maraccio yeah. right? I mean, all these guys are coming up and they're just just plug and play. Yeah. And they're good. It's it's amazing. Uh so one thing that they've done well. It's it, to me what I find incredible is that they've been able to do that with their bullpen arms. Always been able to find a, a gem or draft one or whatever, but they can't do that with a starting pitcher. That's the one that's been Cashman's one big issue over the course that he's been a GM. I mean, we've only had one ace through our system, and that was Pettit during his tenure. After that, I mean – Since Pettit, it was Jabba and Phil Hughes and – I don't want to count them as aces. I mean, Phil Hughes for a year maybe. Uh, Ian Kennedy, were, was he homegrown? He was homegrown. Yeah. He was never good with us, you know, like until, <laughs> he went, until he moved out and then he became a closer. He was pretty solid there, but um, yeah. That's all right. The Red Sox have been without one since – Probably Lester. Yeah. It's well, been, there's a theme. I mean, good pitching is hard to come by. And without a doubt, especially these for us, prospects you know. are only as good as you develop them. And it's, it is weird, though, to your point, that the Yankees can develop bullpen pieces. Yeah. Like they're falling off of trees. And then, uh, yeah. starters, it's a different story. I, I'm never worried about the bullpen ever. Like the last. It's amazing for the past 20 plus years. Like I've not been ever worried about the bullpen, you know, obviously with when you have Rivera at the end, whatever, but it's the rest of the bullpen is always just, they just fall into place. It's like, Oh, whatever yeah. they bring up, this guy's going to start throwing 95, 98 and that'd be fine. And you know, the one, the one issue I had with you guys was um, I, I brought it up to you earlier too, was with Whitlock. You know, I'm surprised they, they tried to squeeze three innings out of that guy. And his first, yeah, I think core is trying to, He's definitely doing bullpen by committee. Yeah. With Barnes out injured with his back and then mechanics and his velocities down. And but Whitlock, they kind of stretched him out in the spring training to like I think the last game he threw four innings. So it's almost where he could be a spot starter. Right. But they know what they already have as a reliever. Right. So he's I hate to say it again, but He's trying to do two things at once. He's trying to maximize and just give him three or four innings. I don't know if that's – I would just personally keep him to two innings and outing at the most. Right. Yeah, if you should. want to do – if I would make him the closer today, but – and I would make him – you could make him a multi-inning closer if you really want to get cute about it, but that's right. about it. Maybe the eighth and ninth is his, and then you piece together the rest of it. I just – it's already – look, it's three games in, and I'm already ready to trade for some pitching. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he only – I looked, but he only threw 38 pitches. So yeah. I guess maybe that's why. Maybe he was on a 50-pitch limit, let's say. Right. So maybe that was it. Yeah, but... there was definitely a number in Chorus head where he said, we can't get beyond this point as long as he keeps on putting up zeros – send him back out there. Maybe it was 40, maybe it was 50, or right. once he gave up the home run, maybe that was it. 
and he was pretty dominant. I mean, he gave up two hits in two in two and a third, and the unfortunately one of the two hits was the home run. Yeah. Um, so, but and then yeah, we got like, to see the ghost runner back. How'd you feel about that? Uh, I hate that. I really, I, I don't think there's a fan out there that likes it. I so. can't stand it. Yeah, I, I don't like it. Um, but I guess the the players are okay with it. You know, otherwise they would have fought to not have that. So, um, look, if that's it. if that was the difference between having a full season and having 120 games, fine. Give me Ghost Runner every game. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but hopefully that kind of goes right. away after this year. Yeah. Um, what did you think going through the series? What did you think about Stanton's hot start? Is there anything that you're seeing different to his approach, or is no, it just? I think he's feeling pretty comfortable against Red Sox pitching. Obviously, right? He had six straight games, yep. with a home run. Um, listen, and here's he's the main reason why I don't mind if we got rid of Judge at some point this year because we got. Stanton in the lineup. I mean, Stanton is say what you want about the guy. Yeah, he's injury prone, whatever. But when he's on, we've seen him. He could carry a team on his back, and he did that for us already. So yeah. that's why I, I, you know, when people say, "Oh, we can't trade Judge and all this," but I'm like, dude, we like we got Giancarlo Stanton, a former MVP, on our team, and whoever we get back from Judge is not going to match Judge's production, obviously. But whoever we get. It's fine. You know, like I, I, I'm, I'm comfortable, you know, I don't feel as comfortable obviously with judge on the team, but if they did trade him, you know what? We still got Stanton. We still got Gallo. We still got, you know, we still got a great team. We got Donaldson. We got Rizzo. We got DJ LeMayu, Glaber Torres. So we got an offensive team even without judge. Yeah. It takes a big step back, but it's still pretty good without him. So I, I love I, I love Stan. So, you know, if, if that happens, we've seen him carry the team. So, um, but again, he gets into the <laughs> he gets it like just the at bats he has. He either looks like he's killing the ball every at bat, or he looks yeah, like he. he I've never seen someone. I'm sure we can go on Twitter and ask for people's opinions on this, but and they'll come up with a million names. But I've never seen someone that goes from missing a pitch by two feet right. to hitting a ball with the exit velo of like 115 right. in the it's same amazing. at bat. Yeah. It's amazing. I, he think is, I hate to say all or nothing, but his highs are high enough to carry a team, like you said, and the right. lows are like, what are you doing? Yeah. I think Gallo is getting like that too. You know, like yeah. he went one for, t- uh, one for 10 or something to uh, this series. Yeah. But like three or four of his shots were over 100 miles an hour. You know, like yeah, that. he hit a couple, yeah, hard outs. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna strike out a lot. He's gonna strike out two hundred times, and uh, more than half his at bats ended in a strikeout or a walk <laughs> last year. Yeah, I could see that happening this year, and I think A Rod brought up a good stat. Right, he said no team has ever won the World Series with a player that struck out over two hundred times. And we might have three. Right? (laughs) If everybody stays healthy. Yeah. If everybody gets close to 500 or more than 500 at bats. More than 500. I could see. At least two. I could see two. Yeah. Yeah. At least two. Maybe three. Because 
with Judge, you never know. I mean, Judge didn't look so great in the in the series, but and the other guy that didn't look great was uh, Khalifa. You know, IKF. He looked kind of Khalifa. He looked a little shaky at shortstop. Yeah, I, I just and his think, glove was supposed to be. Yeah, but he was a Gold Glove third baseman, right? Right, but he was a very good shortstop. You know, yeah, like he was. He's no slouch at shortstop. I just think it's. Listen, you're 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 playing shortstop for the Yankees. He was a Yankee fan growing up, so probably idolized Jeter. So now you're playing for the Yankees. Shortstop for the play for the for the team you grew up rooting for, and the position that you rooted. You know, he's your probably your idol growing up, Derek Jeter. So I think Jeter's. I, I know he's not replacing Jeter. That was with Didi, right? When Didi first right. came up. He looked shaky too. The first month, first few weeks, he looked bad. People were booing him. Remember Tino when he replaced Manningly? Yeah, but at least Tino hit and was solid. You know, like Didi was like all over the place. I mean, he was making mental errors. Um, Yeah, just kind of felt just looked like he was rushing some things and. Yeah, yeah, I I think um, he'll be fine. I think he's gonna just relax and. Yeah, it's just gonna take one or two. Yeah diving plays where you don't you don't have time to think yeah, about it get a big hit and you make you the know. play and then it's Absolutely. it's over but i think too with with the yankees uh years ago it used to be center field for the new york yankees right, right. maggio mantle but i think it's turned into shortstop on the yankees now you know because jeter is cast such a huge shadow yep. you know like because of what he's what he did in his career and all of his achievements and everything. And I think that's the big position now for the Yankees. It's not center field as much. It's still great, obviously, to play center field for the Yankees. I'm not saying that, but I think the Jeter shadow or something is going to loom for, I think that's the one that's going to loom for the next decade or two, because all these guys playing now grew up idolizing Jeter. You know, you have one on your team that idolizes Jeter, right? And then I think the next one in another generation is going to be the kids that grew up with Judge. Right. And that's, I'm sure. And all those guys. Right. Big bombers. Especially if they win, you know, like if they win a World Series. I mean, that's what helped with with Jeter, you know. But And and that is, I think, getting back to the whole Judge thing is what, what he's worth to the franchise. And that's what he's worth. And that's why he says, I want 35 million, 36 million a year for nine years, not the 30 million, eight years you're telling me, because I'm worth more because my numbers, every every kid that walks in has got a 99 jersey. In right field, I got a whole section named after me. So <laughs> right. So that's I so yeah. I don't blame him for what he's saying. You know, that's why I'm not I'm not totally mad. I mean, I'm upset that he's probably done after this year, but it is what it is. It's a business. So and then Saturday followed up with another great game. Boston jumps out to another quick lead. Uh, Pavetta looked, I don't want to say unhittable, but he was kind of rolling there for a yeah. while. Mm-hmm. Um, Severino pitched really well. We'll get into that in a minute. Um, your thoughts on that. And uh, Verdugo was off to a hot start. Um, what I didn't like was Story kind of got off to a slow start. Um this was the game where we had 12 strikeouts, only four walks, left a lot of people on base. Um, but Pavetta gave up a couple home runs and then unraveled quick. And right. the Yankees won four to two. Um, 
again, the Red Sox bullpen did well when they had to, but the, the horse was already out of the barn, as they say. I right. mean, you, you pitching down a couple runs, it's easy to – but I was pleasantly surprised, like I said, with um, Verdugo's hot start. Um, some of the bullpen was pretty good. Other than that, Bogarts – was this the game that Bogarts got injured or was it the first game? Where he, I think it was the first game where he like came out of the box a little gimpy. Oh yeah, yeah. And then they um, came up with the lineups late on Saturday, right? Because they had to test out his. I think it was his either groin or hamstring already, <laughs> which isn't a good sign. Right. And um, how does Severino look to you? Because to me, he looked. I mean, you want the results to be better, but he, he was hitting a hundred. Yeah, he looked fine. I, you know, the first inning again. I think it was just like with, with Cole. You know, just a little too wired. And um, you know, listen, this is his first start. I think in four years. Yeah. So, uh, all he has to do for me, just stay healthy. Yeah, three innings. I mean, the two yeah. earned runs. It is what it is. Five hits, but no walks. Five yeah. strikeouts. I, I think that's as good as we could. We could X in his first start in four 65 years. pitches, 41 strikes. Yeah. That's a good, pretty good ratio. Like I said, you would have liked to seen them maybe go that fourth inning, like right. you said. They, but he's going to get stretched out, and the rest of the bullpen threw zeros up <laughs> for you yeah. guys. It's it's amazing. I You know, just it really is. With, with this bullpen, um, and, and it's been like this for a while, that – we just said, you know, like no matter who they they've traded for or signed or drafted and brought up and it's just amazing. They didn't give up a hit, right? No and run. You guys struck out 15 times on Friday. On Saturday, you only struck out five. Hmm. And in today's day and age, if you can just put the ball in play. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Just put the ball in play. I mean, just 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 grind on at bats. Just do yeah. what the old Yankees did, what the Red Sox did yep. 15 years ago. Just put together good at bats and put the ball in play. Good things are going to happen. It's true. That's why their games were, you know, five hour slugfests. Yeah, manageable yeah. four hour. Yeah. I mean, it was just amazing. That's and, Sunday night was about a four hour game, right? Yeah. And before we get to the game, did you watch, you watch some of the K Rod? Yeah, I watched from like the fourth inning on. Fifth inning I was on. there for the whole thing. I, yeah. The whole thing, I was I was ready for it. Once I heard Ortiz, Clemens, A-Rod, Michael K, I'm in. How were those interviews? Because I missed those. They were um, Clemens. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna be biased here. Poppy was not as great as I thought he would be. He was, uh, it was a good interview. Yeah. Personable, laughing. Yeah. He's kind of, I don't say goofy, but you know, I mean, he's not shut up. He asked him like a one word, yes or no answer. And he just went on. (laughs) He was going so fast. I had it on two different screens and I had closed captioning on one. (laughs) And it it was just going by too quick. Right. I mean, um, between him and A-Rod, it was just, Plastic on plastic, but yeah, I know. Because it's weird. What they were saying, baseball wise, was correct. I mean, yeah, it was all like, it was like a master course. Because what I liked out of K was that he let the game kind of breathe. Right. It wasn't every second. And here's the pitch, and the next pitch. Right. Yeah. Which I'm surprised. I thought he was, you know, go back, you know, because what he's used to doing. 
being a play-by-play play guy. And how did like, you find the final? It was good. I just I wanted to ask you quick, but with Clemens, like he's a guy we haven't really heard from in the last. He got few back years. on the Twitter. He's like doing stuff now, and right. I don't know what it, I don't know what his angle is. He's the type of guy I put him in the A Rod. Like I don't know what he's. Maybe he's just trying to rehab his image, or I, I would think so because we really like ever since that the court he was quiet the, uh, for a while. Yeah, from that court case, from that until now, he's been basically silent. Like you don't see an interview with him right. on TV. Nothing. I mean, there. Uh, yeah, I don't really remember him being on like prime time. No, ever. That's and why. Look, don't get me wrong. I I I make fun of him a little bit, but it's. <laughs> Look, if he was a Red Sox for life, I'd be like, oh, that was a great interview. Right, right. It, there <laughs> no, wasn't I, I anything know. that wrong with it. it right, just, right. You know. I got you. But, um, well, he might be nervous, too, because like we were just saying, he, he hasn't been in the public eye lately. So Yeah, I, I thought overall it was an above-average telecast. There are some things that they have to smooth out, but I, yeah. Michael Kay even mentioned uh, J-Lo's engagement yes. to Aflac. I did. I seen that clip. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> A-Rod was like, it was quiet, and then A-Rod just went, and the pitch. Yeah, right. And the pitch. I'm going to rip you and uh, off the Thank you, Michael K. <laughs> right. But you expect that from K. I mean, yeah. it's a little uh, little good-natured. Um, yeah, I think that you got I liked all the interactive stuff in there. Scan the QR code and get, like, uh, yeah, different polls. And- did you see the most hated villain in the rivalry? No. It was 51% said Pedro. Mm. It was Pedro, then Clemens, then Jeter. No, Pedro, Clemens, Arod, Jeter. No Ortiz. Ortiz was like fifth. Wow. Yeah, I would have put Pedro, Arod, and Ortiz, those three. Yeah. Ortiz killed us every. It seemed like every bat he was hit or home run, something. My only complaint is I wish they combined the ESPN teams. I wish he got some Cone, some A-Rod, some K. It's my feeling on that. I think it should be just Cone. It should be just the cast. Because I want to listen to David Cone. I love David Cone. I think he's if he's not the and best. A-Rod said if he bought the Mets, mm-hmm. Buck Showalter would have been his manager. And Cone would have been his first call for pitching coach. Right. right. He thinks that Buck Showalter is the best manager in baseball this year. I believe it, man. He's as smart as anybody when it comes to the game itself. Um, I just wish it was just that. It was just – or even break it up. Like Sunday night baseball should be an event. Like Monday night football, Sunday night baseball should be the event. You know, the highlight baseball game of the week, whoever is playing. And they should have – Sometimes less is more. Right. It shouldn't be both. It should be if you're going to have the main guys, Cone and those guys, then it's just them. So I I want to, I want to have be, competing options. Right. So it should be one to me. It should be one or the other. If you want to have a main team, do it. But that's just Sunday night football and I uh, Sunday night baseball. And I think Monday night football should do the same thing. You shouldn't have the both things going on because, but their main team is not what now it is. That's the th- here's the all right. This is where it doesn't make sense to me. When you go back to the Monday Night Football one, right? You have this new. You're paying all that money, right? And you're competing against yourself, right? So, and just to go to the Sunday Night Baseball, I'm sure they 
paid Cone a, a decent amount of money to do it. So now you're paying him, you're paying A-Rod. And like, uh, that's where I think, I don't know. I think that it's it's like overkill. You know, I think I it'll get worked out. Hopefully it gets yeah. worked out. Like do the cast on a, on a Wednesday night game. Like they have the Wednesday night games or whatever. Yeah. Do it on that night. You know, so this way, oh, this is cool. You know, but Sunday night should be. Yeah, I mean, they're doing it from. Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. Um <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh Yeah, I just for me, I until Patrick gets back. Um, for me, I just think Sunday night baseball should be an event, just like how the Monday night football thing is. Sunday night baseball should be an event. It should be one one crew working it. Um, I, I I I just think having both at the same time is a little bit too much. Um, but um, you know, I think the series from a Yan you know from a Yankee fan point of view yeah we took two out of three which is great but um i would have loved to have gotten the sweep obviously but to take two out of three that's that's the goal right to win every series two out of three three out of four that's what it's going to be about every series you want to win and mission accomplished a sweep would have been a hundred times better obviously but um i'll take the two out of three and we got Got out of there, no injuries. Hopefully Montgomery's okay. You know, he took that shot to the to the uh, leg, but um, other than that, I think we're fine. Um, but um, I think it's all good signs. I think with IKF, you could tell he's going to be a little nervous playing, and I think he I think he'll settle in. Like we said earlier, I don't think that's going to be a problem. Um, but um, everything looks good. I, I'm I'm still I'm still a little nervous about um, I'm still a little nervous about Judge, like what's going to happen to him and if he's gonna if it's going to affect him at all. But um, uh, I really hope it doesn't. I really hope not. But that's what I'm more afraid of if it does. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to get Patrick back because he lost power. He said, "So if he doesn't come back, we'll we'll redo it." But um, we'll see. Um, I think for me, looking back with the Yankees, like I said, it's all positives. I don't see any negatives. Obviously, the starters, you want to see them go longer, and I think they will. You know, I think they'll get stretched out next couple of uh next couple of starts. They'll be stretched out more. But um and uh 
Just waiting for Patrick to jump back on. And then we could get back into this. Um, and looking forward, Yankees got a couple of the next four games is going to be huge. We're going to see how good Tampa's uh, Toronto is going to be. Um, Toronto, of course, they played great too in their first series. I think they went two out of three or three out of four um, against Texas. Um, Toronto is going to be tough, man, especially at home. Uh, that's that's going to be a home field advantage, not just the crowd. You could see in some of the the highlights, it was pretty crazy. There he is. <laughs> Sorry and about he, that. That's all right. Lost power. Uh, had to reset everything. Okay. Bullpen was so bad that I had to reset everything. Um, no, I mean Sunday night was uh, the game itself was pretty interesting. Um, you guys out hit us eleven to five, but did anything stand out other than? I mean, for me, the thing that stood out was Bobby Dahlback finally showed some power. He was kind of quiet before that. Um, right. Starting pitching. Were you scared with Montgomery at all? Um, possible injury, or was that? Yeah, I mean, minor? hopefully he's okay. It seems yeah. like he gutted it out, right? Um, I think he'll be fine. Oh, hopefully he'll be fine. Um, I think it's so early with the pitchers, you know, just like I think once they get stretched out, we'll really see what they're really about. But I, I, I think we're fine. You know, um, again, the bullpen was fine. They gave up the one one bad pitch. Yeah. Go back. That was it. I'm I'm more upset about the ninth, uh, you know, having guys on base and just not getting it done. You yeah, know, didn't Torres wasn't Torres up early in the game with the bases loaded? Yeah, yeah, that was a missed opportunity for you guys. Um, yeah, we had a few, we had a few yeah. picks. Um, to me, it, that just kind of brings back going through the last few years. They just can't get that big hit, and I just hope that doesn't linger um, this season because that's to me that's their biggest issue is just coming up with that big hit when when they need to. Um, and then the ninth inning, of course, we all three guys we had we had three, four, and five up or two. Uh, yeah, right I, I was watching the game at home, and I was <laughs> I'm looking at my dad and saying, "Just wait, Jake Diekman's going to blow up." Jake Diekman, and he ends up Striking looking like uh, Trevor Hoffman out there. Yeah, I mean, it was amazing. I mean, you had Judge had a nice at bat, but he struck out. You know, he had a nice 10, 11 pitch at bat. It was interesting between Diekman and Strom signing both of them, both lefties. Strom gives up a lot of contact, but gets people out. Diekman right. consistently showed a knack for swing and miss stuff, but then would give up walks. Mm -hmm. So they kind of hedged their bets with two of them signing two. I want to say risky, high reward, high risk moves, and hopefully one or both work out. Right. But Diekman's notorious for walking like four or five per nine innings. And I mean, if you, like you said, if you look at the Gallo at bat, that was a ball. Yeah. The um, judge at bat was good. I, I think it was a quality at bat. Um, yeah. And I'm forgetting one. The Stanton yeah. one. Stanton missed the pitch there at the end. Or yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, at the start of his at bat at the end yeah. of the game. Yeah, it was not. It was right there, and he just yeah. And then the last pitch he swung at was not a strike. So no, but uh, but it's almost like Cone and I. It was either Cone or Arod said this weekend. 
the key to pitching, I think it was Cohen, the key to pitching is making balls look like strikes and strikes look like balls for the yeah. batter. How did you um how did you think the catching did this weekend for you guys? Uh, defensively? Not bad. Yeah, not bad. You know, between Higgy and uh Trevino. I mean, Higashioka stole a couple of pitches there. Yeah. Multiple oh, yeah. Frame, framing it. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I it's 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 so much of a improvement over last year with, with Sanchez. Sanchez is just not a good not a catcher. You know, yeah, I saw it. where he was negative 16 defensive run saved. Oof. And Trevino, I think, is plus eight. Higashioka wow. is plus 16. And Rutverd, however you say his name, right, was I know. plus eight. <laughs> wow. So if you combine it, it's like a 40-50-point like <laughs> swing, 50-run swing. Any, anytime you got catchers that the pitchers want to throw to, that's yep. an advantage. You know, that's all you heard was none of the pitchers like to pitch to Sanchez. So, I mean, he's just, I think if he, I've said it before, but I think if he was a DH for most of his at-bats, I think he would be fine. It's just, I think catching, he's just, he's just not a good catcher. And I think it takes a little bit away from his game as well. And mentally and. It gets into so. his head and then he tries to overcompensate at-bat. Yeah. And that's, fine. you know, he's human like anybody And then he else. hit a grand slam this weekend. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, looking around the league, before we uh, preview this first, what will be the first full week of the season with the Yankees schedule and the Red Sox schedule, uh-huh. is there anything that, I know it's only three games, but is there anything that kind of jumped out at you league-wide? I, Other than Tampa being in first, of course. I just think all the the young players making their debuts, whether it's Rodriguez from the Mariners, Bobby Witt, um, Torkelson with Detroit, you know, it's like almost every team has that one player, you know, some star, and, and they're all going to be Abrams good. Abrams in San you know. Diego. You're right, C.J. Abrams, right? I think seven out of the top ten prospects saw at bats or innings pitched Yeah. this, this weekend. Yep. I know four out of the top five, and Rushman's just a, a once he gets back from injury. Yeah, it's just a matter of time. And did Bart what surprised play? me was I don't know if he did. small sample size, but the Cubs. Yeah, the Cubs kind of showed a little feistiness, a little fight to them. Um, Tampa Bay again, three and zero. I don't care who you're playing against; it's still it's yeah no it's <laughs> they always find a way. They always do. It's it's amazing. <laughs> it really is. It's amazing. We we said it. Like when you look at their lineup and, and they How just traded away analytics, by 40 home runs. What are their numbers saying that other teams don't get? I don't know. Because the calculator, if you spit out the same numbers, it's telling you the same thing. Right. <laughs> it's, it's just something. It's I'm not sure what it is, but it's it's certainly something. And nobody else has been able to match it, you know, like what other small market, not small market, but a team that spends nothing on their payroll could do what they're doing. Right. Yeah. It's, I don't know. That's why you just can't, you can't kind of, you can't take them for granted, basically. What you know? did you, and we didn't get to talk about, what did you think about the Austin Meadows trade to Detroit? Uh, I think that helps Detroit big time, but I'm always scared to trade with Tampa. Right, because it's like, what do they know? 
You know, what, guy's, what do you want Brady's that guy for? Paredes? Right. Yeah. Oh, Paredes, right. He's, a good, you know, young third baseman. You know, he hit in the minors, but we haven't seen it yet in the pros. But when he goes to Tampa Bay, I'm sure, you know, him and Franco will be uh, the next great shortstop third baseman combo. Yeah, of course. Right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it definitely caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting it for sure. So, uh and then I'm, I'm trying to think around the league. Already Blake Snell is injured. That that's a little scary if you're a San Diego fan. Um, they got rid of Paddock. Right? They traded away. Paddock. Yeah, that was that was an interesting move for Rogers. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure how I feel about that trade yet. <laughs> that was a. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I I thought it was okay. You know, because um, I'm not big on Paddock. I I don't know. I'm just not a big Paddock fan. And Rogers, I think is is a pretty good bullpen. You know, good. Yeah, on Minnesota's standpoint, I thought there was a little bit of an overpay, but yeah, that's what I thought too. Because it's a lefty out of the bullpen. Yeah, who could get lefties and righties out? So that's yeah. big, right? Um, so who who was the Padres closer before? It was, well, they uh, lost Melanson. And right. I heard they were going to give it to Nelson Lamette. Oh, okay. That's okay. Of, yeah. Eventually. He's like their Gratterall for the Dodgers. Young right. guy, throws it really hard, but yeah. doesn't really know where it's going. All right. So it's that's not a bad deal. I, I think San Diego ends up winning that. But, and, and I, I think our. One of the guys in our group, the um, I think Ernest Dove mentioned that Paddock has like a partially torn. Yeah, I heard that too. That's not that's not good. No, <laughs> I think it's the same thing that Tanaka had, and Tanaka, you know, went five years with it. So, wow. So who knows? Um, yeah, yeah I, I I like Rogers. I think I think Rogers. I think San Diego won that trade, and Paddock. Yeah, I don't know. He's it might be big. it might be salary dump. It might be. If they got a prospect back too, I mean, I mean Minnesota needs pitching, obviously. Yeah, that, that rotation is. I don't know, you know, like you got Sonny Gray as your ace. That's yeah. not a good sign. No. And speaking <laughs> of pitching, uh, the Red Sox have Michael Walker going today in Detroit, <laughs> and then Rich Hill going tomorrow. And I think uh, Rodriguez pitches against you, right? Your old. Yeah, I think the third game. Um, oh, okay. The, the series finale, but, and then the home opener for the Red Sox is Friday against Minnesota. I'm looking forward to that just because it's the home opener. And it's also, you get to see a star with Buxton. Right. Stuff like that. But uh, who do the Yankees have coming up? Toronto? Yeah. Four games at the stadium. That's going to be, uh, I'm hoping for a, a split to be honest. If we get two out of two out of the four, I'll take that to the bank anyway. Yeah, especially with the way Romano's been lights out already out of the bullpen for Toronto. Yeah. Just as I said in the preview, just as I called it, <laughs> Toronto's not making the playoffs because they have no pitching. And then they <laughs> go out and well fire up some zeros. The one thing Toronto is going to have is a huge home field advantage. That stadium was loud <laughs> in those games against that. I mean, it was packed. It was loud. They they had the one thing where the uh, the umpire was whatever it, there was a play and you know they, they yeah. had to review it and he tried to explain it to the crowd and you couldn't even hear him. Yeah, 
it was yeah, just that's uh, so interesting, interesting ballpark. To, they have yeah. good fans up there, and especially when they're winning, they will show up. Yep. So it's going to be, and what's also going to loom over it is the pan, you know, the uh, vaccine, the COVID restriction. Yeah. Right. So if you're not vaccinated, you're not going to play a game up there. And unfortunately for the Yankees, it looks like Judge, at least that's what's rumored. It's Judge and Rizzo. And those are two key guys to not have against the best team. Yeah. I think for the Red Sox, it's Bogarts and Sale, but Sale's always that's injured. So. Right. <laughs> Hopefully it's happening earlier. You guys play yeah. in Toronto, get it out of the way. You know, yeah, a pitcher, you could maybe have a miss that start, but you it. want your best starter going against that team, too. So, yeah. Um, so that's interesting. Um, but yeah, Toronto's, listen, it's only three games, four games. So the one thing I, I'm trying to get out of the uh, the first few games is just don't overreact. Right. Right. Positive or negative, just don't overreact. What we've seen, yeah, it was great. We took two out of three against Boston. You guys lost one, uh, two out of three, but just don't overreact. All right, okay. All right. It's only yeah. The first if I was game. GM, I'd be trading for pitching right now. But right, <laughs> look, take it easy. You haven't played Baltimore yet. Right, Tampa <laughs> Bay's played, played Oakland. <laughs> Sorry, Baltimore fans. No, yeah, you know, I mean, look, get around yeah. the league first and kind of feel your way out and see who's hot, who's not, and then take it from there. Yeah, and also wait for other teams to start thinking about trading because I don't think anybody yep. outside of Pittsburgh is going to be looking to trade or Cincinnati. No. Right? So it's kind of like, yeah, I'd love to get another player too, but, you know, who's going to want to trade right now? You know, who are you going to, yeah. you know? So that's that's the other thing. Your options are very limited. Yes. Right now yeah. to make trade. So yeah, it's half and just. It's just a fan yeah, reaction. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Trust and me. You're listening to have... Yeah, you're listening to episode 41 of Talking Rivals. And we're reviewing the season opener and we finally got real baseball back and previewing the first full week of games. And we'll do trivia in a minute. But uh you can find us at Talking Rivals on Twitter. You can find Chris at CP7NY. I'm at Patrick Trotty. Um, you can find us at Sportswire at sportnarium.com slash player, wherever else you get your podcasts. Uh, check us out on talkingrivals.com, Anchor, Spotify, all all the all the good sites we're up on and firing away. And um, we'll be doing it every Monday afternoon, um, just previewing the week ahead, reviewing the week before. And uh, I got I got some decent I think some decent trivia. Some guy that I never have heard of is in the answer. Oh. Okay. I'll Are you try. ready for this? Yeah, I'll give him a shot. Okay. Um, there's two questions. This one it's a little wordy, but um, with the new pitcher that came up, I already forgot his name. The the hometown guy from Jersey that made his pitching debut with the Yankees, Sal. Um, Ron Marinaccio. There we go. Ron Marinaccio. That's the trivia? Oh, okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> but speaking of him, this is about, this is kind of like, you know, making their MLB debut for the Yankees. Who are the only two players to make their MLB debut for the Yankees without ever going to the minor leagues? Wow. And they're non-Asian born. So it's not, it's not like a trick like Matsuri right. or Agawa. 
There's two guys. They could have went afterwards, but they never – they went straight to the Major League debut with the Yankees. And they debuted with the Yankees without – Without ever going to the minor leagues first. Wow. Two guys. I couldn't even tell you what they played. Is it current or – I mean, like, is it within the last uh, 20 years? Or? It's not current. Not, but I'm saying, like, is it it's like – It's not like 1902, but it's not – I would say it is before our time. Oh, okay. Hmm. And you never heard of them, so I probably... I never heard of either of these guys. Okay. I could... This could show my Yankees ignorance. It's not like Don Mattingly or something. It's well, not, what years What years were they? Uh, for one of them, I don't know. For the other one in the 50s? Oh, yeah, I'm probably not going to get it. Uh, I, I would, since you don't even know the names, I can't even think of a, a name. <laughs> um, it's, let's see. We'll talk it through and then I'll find. <laughs> let's see. I'll give you a hint. Um, one was locally born, recently died. Um, he had 30 career at bats. That doesn't help you. No, definitely not. <laughs> that does not help you. Infielder. All right, so I feel better that this guy I don't know because he's not that good. Uh, the second guy. <laughs> you might be better off just saying the names because I, they I don't were think both in the fifties. Yeah, I'm probably not going to get it. And they were both infielders. One had 23 at bats and one had 30 at bats. So yeah. it, trust me, this is not a. This is not like a got you and the Chris Sale. Yeah, yeah. Like no. Don Mattingly. It's <laughs> I I'm more I, I want to see your reaction and then I want to see I want to hear if we'll post it on Twitter and see if anybody can get it. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't I wouldn't even have a guess. Tom Carroll. Okay. <laughs> and Frank Leha. <laughs> okay. Right? Two guys I'd never I'd never heard of their names. So non-Asian born players that made their debut. I, I typed an obscure Yankee trivia and this is what popped up. That's this that's next one is it's equally interesting. Um who was the first postseason hit in Yankees history? Babe Ruth. <laughs> it was an outfielder. Not a very famous one. Right. I think top of the order for like a very old team. Sorry for the old trivia, but like yeah. I said, these trivia is either Derek Jeter, Babe Ruth, yeah, I or know. this guy. <laughs> like random. Oh, I can't think. I stumped him. Yeah, if it's an outfielder, who could it be? Like a speedy top of the order type of guy. For the Yankees. But like way back. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not going to know it. Elmer Miller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Roger Peckinpah bunted him over. <laughs> yep. How did I know? I, you know what? How did I you not know that? I know. I should have known that. That was, I should have known it. Yeah. No, please. I, I come <laughs> up with trivia once every five episodes and I come up with names that Neither of us even know what position you're in. <laughs> yeah, I, I gave you a uh, break this week, so I'll, I'll hit you. Okay, up good. I'll, I'll get. I'll try to get one. 
Thank God. Because when you say it's easy trivia, it's, I get it wrong. And then when you say it's a hard one, I get it right. So who knows? Well, the easy ones, you, you I do the same thing. You, you overthink, overthink it. Right. Yeah. You're like, oh, who could that be? And you're like, Chris Sale. You know, like it's the yeah. easiest. You've heard of the thing. guy. <laughs> you should know him. There you go. <laughs> and we want to thank, we want to thank, um, Everybody on Roku, on the Northeast Streaming Sports Channel, because we are streaming on Roku, if you search for us under that. Uh, also, Tom's Bryce at Sportwire. You can find us at sportnarium.com slash player. And like I said, wherever you get your podcasts, we'll be posting on YouTube, Talking Rivals, Twitter, um, and everywhere you get your podcasts. And check out our, our brand new website at talkingrivals.com. Um, we'll try and post some more stuff up there and continue the conversation in between the week with maybe some Twitter spaces. Um, and you know what's going to happen. Breaking news is going to happen right when we're done. Yeah. That's does. what happens with a weekly show. Yeah. All the big news <laughs> happens on Tuesday. <laughs> but um, Judge is going to get traded for Devers. Yeah, they go. Judge for Devers straight out. No big deal. Minor, minor deal. <laughs> yeah, just a minor one. So anything you're looking forward to for the – for the first full week of the season before uh, we I, jump back on next week? I, I think just how the Yankees do with Toronto, you know, can they at least split with them? Um, you know, cause they're the, you know, the, I, I, as you look at most of the predictions, mostly everybody except for you has yeah. Toronto in first place. So the experts have Toronto, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but Patrick has uh, someone else. But I have them missing by like literally a game like last year. I just, yeah. I think that bullpen is smoke and mirrors, but. And it wouldn't, it, that's not shocking because if look at the four that are in that division, you know, you got four teams that could take it either. You could make an argument like the, we said it in the preview show that you can make an argument for any, any one of those four to win the division, yep. you know? Um, so it's possible and they could all make and a chances are. Yeah. Chances are if you, if you're talking about four individual teams, one of them is going to underperform. It has to. Right, Somebody mathematically, it has to. So, and it's it might come down to, and I think I was talking about it on Twitter, or, and actually on their our Friday night show, um, the Baltimore Orioles are gonna possibly yes. determine who wins this division. Rugnet Odor is gonna come up with a big hit at the end of in September. Yeah, for the Orioles. I still have the paper. Last year, right. Um, Tampa Bay was 18 and one against Boston last uh, against Baltimore last year. I see what you did there. <laughs> Toronto. <laughs> no, but you can see. Yeah, no, I mean, look, you got to, you got to beat who you're supposed to beat. Toronto 14 and five against Baltimore. Boston was 13 and six. The Yankees were 11 and eight. So if the Yankees had one more win against Baltimore, they're you're playing at home for that wild card right. game or you're not even playing in the wild card game. Right. Just one game. You know, imagine if they went eighteen and one. Then you're talking about they're right up there with with Tampa for the division. Yeah, look oh. if if you if you can beat up on Texas, Baltimore, Oakland, and then play five hundred against the rest of the AL, you're over five hundred and you're in the playoff race. Yeah, it sounds simple, but that's what you got to do. You got to beat up on the bad teams, and just you know hold your own against your own division and you yeah. know the rest of the division. Those guys, and you'll be good. But Sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. So no. um, if it was that simple, there would be more than 32 GMs out there. Exactly. 30, 30, uh, you know what I mean? Right. 
So true. Uh, um, so this is episode 40. I can't believe it's already episode 41. I know. And uh, next week we will be reviewing the home opener for the Red Sox, the Yankees, some more divisional games um, and whatnot, and continue the conversation over at Talking Rivals, at Patrick Trotty, at CP7NY. And until next week, enjoy the games. Take care.